right, well, hey, good morning. I, uh, this, this last week of this series on uh, Sabbath, on Shabbat, I just I want to begin by just uh, saying thank you. It's, uh, you know, it really is a privilege uh, for Charlie and I to get the chance to, to study through these, these different things that we're talking about. Sometimes it's a, it's a topic that we've maybe studied a lot in the past and feel like, you know, we really understand, and it's a great reminder as we work back through it. And then there's sometimes that there's uh, something like this, that it just feels like, like for me personally, I've never really uh, studied it well. And, um, and the opportunity to get to walk through that and to kind of to work it out in my own life has, is just a privilege. And so uh, thank you for for being a part of it with me these last few weeks, and hopefully God is, is using it in your world too. It's, uh, it's interesting as you start to look at it that, that Sabbath is something that there's just, there's just not a whole lot out there about. You know, as I've tried to study and look at what others might say, you know, in, in Christian circles, it's just, it's just not talked about a lot. And when it is, sometimes I, some would say that it's purposely just uh, forgotten and that it doesn't really apply to us, which uh, in my study and as the things that we've looked at the last few weeks, I just can't, I can't go there. God, God is doing something and has revealed something to us, an expectation that he has that I, I think uh, it means something for us. It may mean something a little bit different than it did for Israel, but it, it does mean, mean something. Um, there's a lot out there in, uh, in Jewish circles, in Jewish tradition about it. Shabbat is a, is a massive thing to them. But it's really hard sometimes to find what, what's been said or if there's even been much said about uh, Shabbat in Christian circles. And so it's, it's been something to study it. And if you're, this is your first week that you're with us or if you missed a few, kind of what we did, I mean, we started out in Genesis chapter 1 in the model that God gave us when he created the earth and then he ceased from his create, create, creative work. He, he ceased to be productive. He ceased. He Shabbat for, for a day. And... He set up this model that this is, this is the expectation, that, that you work, and then there's this rhythm of, of work and rest where you stop your productivity, you recognize who he is, and he's the, the all-powerful one, and you are not, and you, you reconnect with him. Then uh, in the Exodus, we looked at that the next week, how you know, he sets Israel free from Egyptian bondage, and then he gives them this command, hey, you guys need to remember it. You need, to, you need to keep it. We didn't get much into this, but in Isaiah, they, evidently they didn't do a great job keeping it. And uh, in Isaiah, through the prophet, he's scolding them. And in that scold, he says, Isaiah 58, he says two different times that it's, it's this model that's commanded. Uh, it, you know, he's, we looked at how it holds the penalty of death. So it's, for them, it was, I mean, it's a massive deal. But then also in Isaiah, he says it's a delight two different times. This is a delight for you. This is something, something you're supposed to take, take joy in. And then in, uh, in the Gospels, we looked at the way that, that Jesus, he comes on the scene and the expectation is that somehow he's coming teaching this radically different thing and that he's doing away with it. And he says, hold up, hold up, I'm not doing away with it. I'm actually completing it because of the heart of everything is that, that we would connect with God. And, and so this is the completion of it. And so he got challenged multiple times by the religious leaders on why he was actually doing some activity on the Sabbath, good things. And he's like, hold on, you're missing, you're missing the point. This, this Sabbath is a day to let the smoke settle and to connect with God, but that doesn't keep me from being able to heal somebody who needs healed or, or help somebody in some way. 
And so God, uh, Jesus talked about this, this higher path uh, and fulfillment of what Shabbat means. And so I don't know if, if you've been like this, if you've kind of followed through this series. It's been this way definitely for me, that, that I finish each one of those, and I'm like, all right, that's all well and good, but, but what does that mean? <laughs> like, what does that mean for, for me with the things that are real and true in my life today? How, how do I operate in this? How do I, how do I live this thing out? And, uh, <laughs> and it's a difficult question. And this morning, we're going to try to figure out what that is, and um, we're going to move on. We went from Genesis to Exodus to the Gospels, and now we're going to look at what the New Testament has to say in the early church. And um, to be honest with you, there's not, a, there's not a lot of different passages that we could go to. There's kind of three key passages that I'm going to try to get to today for sure, these, these two, one in Colossians and one in Romans, and they say something to us and they answer some huge questions, but, but they don't give us a to-do list. In fact, they kind of give us the, the opposite. So let's start there in Colossians chapter 2. Um, both in Colossians and in Romans, what's happening, Paul is dealing with these uh, false teachers who are trying to, to convince the Jesus followers that, that they're missing it somehow or they need to, to add something to what they're doing. And in Colossians, it says, Therefore, don't let anyone pass judgment on you in question to food or drink, or in regards to festival or new moon, or he, he even mentions Sabbath. These are, are a shadow of things to come, but the, the substance belongs to Christ. So basically, these false teachers have come in and they've said, hey, hey, that's true, and, and Jesus is all that, and yeah, he has set you free from yourself and from your sin, but it's, it, it's not all of it. It's Jesus plus this thing that you need to do. It's Jesus plus plus this extra activity. It's Jesus plus what you eat. It's Jesus plus Sabbath day and the way that you keep it and the rules and regs. And Paul's saying, hey, don't let somebody do that. <laughs> it's Jesus and Jesus only. In fact, earlier in the passage, it's one of my favorite spots where he just goes on a rampage, man, and he talks about how Jesus just whipped the dark forces. He just took care of it, man, and it's done. And our Jesus is big, and he's good, and he's won the victory for us, and we have that in him completely, by faith in him only. And the things that we do, for sure, have their place in our obedience to him, but let's not add something to it. It's him and him alone, and don't get confused about that. It's not him plus the Sabbath. You know, I uh, had a friend a few years ago named Gita, and she was about a... 50-ish year old woman, and um, she didn't grow up in a Christian home, but she had fallen in love with Jesus, and she began to understand what he had done for her, and she gave her life to him, and she tried to figure out what it looked like to follow him through the years, but she never really connected to a, to a church body. And as we were talking about that, I said, you know, what, what's up with that, Gita? Why didn't you ever really get connected? And she said, well, the, the family that I grew up in were strictly vegetarian." And I had also chosen a vegetarian lifestyle. And she said what would happen is I would get involved in these churches, and it happened again and again and again, where we would go a little while, and everything was fine, but then we'd be out eating somewhere, and, and the pastor or one of the church leaders would kind of pull me aside and say, Gita, you know you're not really going to be a follower of Jesus until you eat meat. 
And she said, when it happened the first time, I just thought, well, that guy's crazy because that's not what my Bible says. But then it happened again and again and again, and she just kind of gave up on it. Like, what? So people entered into her world and said, it's Jesus plus you got to enjoy a good steak, you know? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, that's, that's, I don't think that's true. And as it says here in Colossians, that those, those things and the things that we do, like they're, they're a shadow, but the substance, this thing is about Jesus having faith in him and knowing him intimately. That's, that's the substance. That's what it's about. He did the work. That's what it is. These other things, in fact, other places in, uh, in the New Testament talks about this a lot, but it talks about the law as this tutor that leads us to this understanding of who Jesus is and this faith in him. But we don't need to mix it around. It's not, that's not the point. It's, a, it's this teacher that, that leads us there. And um, this past week, Tuesday evening, I, uh, I took my 16-year-old son, Caleb, on a little hiking, camping trip. And I really love to do that. Don't do it enough. Uh, this was an awesome opportunity because really wanted to just he and I to go and to, to connect and, and to get to do that together. And, and it was awesome. I... Uh, you know, I always forget that the worst part of that is, is packing. And especially if you're going to hike in and carry what you're going to, you know, use on your back, then it really takes some effort to try to get that as light as possible. So you've got to make some decisions. And that's just a process. And I always push it to the end. I'm always last minute. And I always leave something out, you know. I think I've told a story before. I left out the matches one time. And that, that's an issue, an issue, especially when it's raining. Uh, this time, uh, I, I made a bad decision to bring our teacup chihuahua. <laughs> Probably should have left her at home, but I, but I brought her along, and I didn't uh, plan on how bad the, the, the ticks would be. And uh, about halfway down the trail, I pick her up, and I, didn't, I don't know how that many ticks could be on a dog this big. Like, she didn't even have that much blood, right? She's skinny. But they were everywhere. I, I picked two or three or four off of her yesterday. I mean, they're still there. Um, I, you know, but I'm throwing things in and trying to figure out and make these decisions. And, you know, we get back and I got to undo all of that and pull all that stuff back up and clean it up and make it all. If, if the point was this packing process, I would never go camping. Would you? But the point's not the packing. The point is, man, I desperately wanted to get alone in nature with my 16-year-old son and talk life. That was the point. So I endured the packing process. I did the things you had to do to get us there for that reason. And that's what Paul's saying is, hey, don't, don't, get, it, don't get it mixed around. The, the reason at the heart of this thing is this connection with God. And, and so we have these, uh, these things that we do. The, the other passage is in Romans chapter 14. And in this one, it's really uh, this fighting that's going on within the church. And one group is telling the other group that they should do this. And everybody's kind of judging one another. And he says... One person esteems one day better than another, while another seems, esteems all days alike, which this really answers the question of, does, does the Sabbath have to be on some certain day of the week, or is it, is it Sunday, or is it Saturday, or is it some other time? He says, people, uh, it's different days. Each should be fully convinced in his own mind. It's, it's up to the person, but that person needs to fully own it. I want to connect with God. I know this is something that he wants from me, and I'm going to operate in this way, and he needs to have his, his heart, her heart convinced. This is what it looks like. 
The one who observes the day observes it in honor to the Lord. That's the point. He remembers, he, he keeps it, he delights in it. He honors the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor to the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor to the Lord and gives thanks to God. The, the point is this honoring and this keeping, this remembering, this thinking. And um, so when you try to come up with, man, well, well, what is the blanket rule that we could throw out, that I could put up on the screen, or that you could write down, we could give out handouts, and we could have a, a textbook and a plan to go obey the Sabbath? And that didn't work. Because each one of us has a different reality in our world. We have the same Jesus who has set us free and given us life, but in obedience of connecting with him, it's, uh, it's not a business transaction, it's a relationship. So we each got to figure, kind of figure that out. You know, I was thinking about that. I do, if I'm going to go on a, on a camping trip, I have found that I really do prefer throwing things in a backpack, carrying it in, the heavier the better, setting up camp, you know, doing the whole thing, and then packing it all out and, and carrying it out. You know, it was an eight-mile hike the other day, and I liked it. Caleb was, dad, was like, Dad, why didn't we just back up and do it there at the campsite? Man, I like to walk. I feel like I did something, you know? I, I, like, I like feeling like I'm sweaty and tired, and I got to walk down this trail and look at things. I like that. Now, you may not, but I do. I got a friend in my neighborhood a couple years ago, showed me his brand-new Airstream. Looked inside of that thing, man. It's nicer than my house. And that's awesome. He prefers to camp that way. I don't want to camp that way. I want to camp my way. Is his way right or is my way right? Neither of us are right, but the point is he wanted to get time with his family. He wanted to get time out in God's creation, and I did too. But each of us had to decide what it looked like in our world. And that's where we are with this idea of Sabbath. Uh, but what we want, we, we really, really want down deep inside of us, we really want that to-do list. And uh, that's the reason the New Testament deals so much with our tendency to, to go that direction. Uh, a few years ago, there was a, a, an artist named Derek Webb. I don't know if you've ever listened to any, any Derek Webb, but uh, a song that he did called uh, A New Law really was, was just transformational for me. And I, I want to share these lyrics with you this morning because he, he dealt directly with this. He, uh, he said in the song, don't, don't teach me about politics and government. Just tell me who to vote for. Basically, he's saying... What we want is you just to answer the question for me. I don't really want to do the hard work of knowing the end goal and knowing all of the, the things that come into the picture and making this decision based on you know, what I believe between God and I is right and, and listening to the Spirit. I just want you to, to tell me what to do, which is basically a return to, to law. Don't tell me who to vote for. I mean, don't, don't uh, teach me anything. Just tell me. Don't teach me about truth and beauty. Just label my music. Just tell me which music's Christian and which music's not Christian as if it was baptized and redeemed, and I'll only listen to that music because that makes it a lot easier than for me to have to deal in my own heart with what's right and what's wrong and what's pleasing to God and what I connect with, you know? just makes it much easier. Don't teach me how to live like a, a free man. Just give me a new law. Because I don't want to know if the answers aren't easy. Just bring it down from the mountain to me. 
just like the law was brought down to the people of Israel. Now you might go, no, that's not me, but man, I'm telling you what, this is what we say so often. Just, just give me the answers. I don't want to do the hard work of studying myself. You know, as I've prepared for these days, man, I've really looked into this. Now, I, one big challenge from this morning, and I hope you've picked it up over these last few weeks, is for you to go do the work. What is the Sabbath for you? What does it look like to obey Shabbat in, in your world? The second verse says this, don't, don't teach me about moderation and liberty. I prefer a shot of grape juice. <laughs> don't teach me about loving my enemies. And he doesn't even have a second line here because that's enough said. Don't teach me. I don't want to do the hard work of figuring out what it looks like to love my enemies. Don't teach me how to listen to the Spirit. You know, as we did that study of Forgotten God about the Holy Spirit, don't, don't teach me how to, how to be still and listen and let the Spirit of God fill me and lead me. Just tell me what to do. Because that sounds like that's a lot easier. But the whole thing breaks. It's just a new law. And like Colossians says, that's a shadow and the substance is this connection with, this knowledge of, this relationship with, with God. And so the, you know, the checklist works really good in a business contract. You can have best practices in what you do in your workplace, but that doesn't really work when we're talking about a relationship with God, and that's, that's the difference. Uh, Friday night, I went to a wedding, and it was a beautiful wedding. A couple of folks from, from here at the Grove, and they, uh, they chose to do their own vows, and I really haven't been at a lot of weddings that they did that. I mean, the, they chose their own vows, and they, like, you know, pastor just stepped back, and they just went at it, you know, <laughs> telling, telling their vows back and forth to one another. And, uh, you know, I've officiated weddings and been a part of, you know, leading a couple through it. In my wedding, we were, we were led through this <laughs> uh, contractual agreement. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this till death do us part, sickness and the health. I got it. And, and I meant every word of it, and it was, it was from my heart at our wedding. But there was something really sweet about this because they, they said all those things, yeah, but they, they worded it out and explained from their, from their heart and from their personal experience with one another. And the thing that I thought was interesting is that as they did it, they were like giggling back and forth. You know, he would say something and she thought that was funny. None of us got the joke. Because it was an inside joke between them. And then she would say something. And I mean, 90% of it, I didn't have a clue what they just committed to one another. But I could tell that they really loved each other and that they were making a real deal commitment to one another. And it was so heartfelt and so real. And that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. How do we get to that with our, with our Jesus? You know, that relationship. That's the point of Shabbat that we would cease, that we would stop, that we would recognize who he is, and that we would connect. So I've decided to do it this way this morning. There are, there are some principles, some things that have come out over the last few weeks as we've studied the scriptures that are just, this is true. This is the, the overarching drive and principle that we have to recognize is, is true, and we have to find a way to be a part of our lives. But then there's this other piece. And it's the reality of your world and of our time in history. And so the rub comes with how do these things fit when these things are true? And some of those things can be adjusted, but they can't be removed. How do those things fit together? So first of all, here are some principles that 
have just come out over the last few weeks. Some of them I've already repeated today, but just to be real clear, there are more than just this, but here, here are four real big ones. A rhythm of work and rest is modeled and expected by our God. There is no doubt that, that God gave us the model of this, this day of rest, and he expected it of his people, and that that model and that expectation didn't go away. Like, he, he expects it because it's for our good, for our delight, for our connection with him, and just to actually be more productive at the end of the day. It's just wise. So he says, this is, this is real. Second thing, we, we need to routinely stop our production, which our culture is driven, that our significance is built in that, so it's so countercultural. We need to routinely stop and regain perspective of who God is and who we are and reconnect with him. We need to let the fog settle, see him clearly, and reconnect with him. Remember what he's done for us and who he is. We need that desperately. Shabbat is a declaration of our freedom to ourselves and to our neighbors. Our Jesus set us free from our sin and from ourselves and has given us new life. We need to celebrate that freedom by not being like the culture around us. No, we're, we're free. Just like Israel was free from Egyptian bondage and so they could take a day off, we need to declare our freedom. And you know what? We're not a hurried mess thinking that the world's going to fall apart if we don't fix all the problems. No, nope, we got a God who's doing that. <laughs> and we're under him, and he gives us life, and we're going to work in step with him, but he is God and we are not. But we're free. We're free. We don't gain our significance from our, from our productivity. And then Shabbat is never a, a list of, of just the do's and the don'ts. It's not some, some rote thing that we just follow. It's much deeper than that, about a connection to God. So those are the big picture perspectives. But here are some realities, and these are the things that are, those things are the same for us all, but these are the things that are different person to person in this room. The culture around us Find significance in production. That's just, that's just true. That's just true. We live in a world that it's the more you can kick out, the more you're respected, the more you move up, the more you uh, succeed, and you feel better about yourself, and others think you're cooler. That's just the world we live in. So we're going to have to recognize that that's real, and how are we going to handle that as children of God? The second thing, we're expected to be accessible to uh, accessible at all times. We, we've got these devices on us in our pocket, in our purses, and we're on a leash, and the expectation is that if somebody wants to reach out to you, that you need to be there and uh, just a moment away, and they can get you at any time to come solve some problem or do something and, and be productive for them right now. And that's true, and that's something that's true for our day that hasn't been true, wasn't even true early in my lifetime. Like, like, we've got a 16-year-old son, and we're trying to figure out how to all stay connected. And so, man, we got, we got this app that, man, it tells us where we all are at any moment and how much battery we got left in our phone and how fast we went on the last drive from place to place and uh, how fast I can get to any of them at any given moment. And I can push a button, and, it, and all my fr family can come running to me. Crazy. Right? Like, I, I just remember being in high school, and I left, and I folks didn't know where I was. I don't know what's good or bad, but I know, I know that, we're, that we're almost too connected. So to, to disengage from that connection 
is so crazy, right? We have financial needs. That's just true. We work. Man, it's, it's some folks, man, they can, they can work a 34-hour, 40-hour week and have plenty of time to, to set time aside and focus. There's some of us that, man, uh, it's an 80-hour week, and, and that's not, still not enough. And, and to imagine having the freedom to take a day and set it aside and, and spend that much time and, and not be productive, we don't know how we could make ends, ends meet. And that's just real. That's just real. We have financial needs in, in some way that we're going to have to work and meet those. We got f- real family and, and other commitments. We got family, and, and they need our attention, and, and we're responsible to take care of them and, and love them, and we want to, and, and there's commitments that are related there. I, I think it's crazy, man. I, you know, I feel like I obeyed God and his, his command to be free, fruitful and multiply, and now I got this opposite command to, to be still and rest, and those two things don't seem to jive. <laughs> But somehow they do, and I got to do the hard work of walking away and saying, how do those two things come together, right? How do they meet? It seems impossible. So, uh, so on, this, on this camping trip, we're out there, and uh, it's 6 in the morning, and we start to hear this loud noise, and it, it wakes us up in our, in our hammocks. Um, because it started to rain. I don't know if, uh, if y'all were around Rogers on Tuesday night. I've got the, the radar, because when I woke up, I, I turned my phone on. Yeah, we're that blue dot. And uh, there's a, th- this picture tells a lot. It's <laughs> lightning detected zero miles from you. I got 3% power on my phone. Uh, it seems like every time I go camping, it rains. And here's the thing. I totally forgot to have any kind of rain cover. We had our our uh, hammocks, but we didn't have any, and, and Caleb remembered that, so that was good. <laughs> so we did have some cover, but, um, but I'm telling you what, man, you could, you could hear the wind blowing through the valley and those trees shaking a long time. That's what actually what woke us up, and it just got louder and louder and louder, and then the rain started to fall, and it was those big old fat raindrops that Forrest Gump talks about, and they were coming down, and they were just pelting the top of that, that rain cover, and then when I looked at this, and it, it, at first it said uh, lightning has struck five miles east of you. Then it said three miles east of you. Then it said two miles east of you. Then it said zero. And you could hear the thunder and the lightning, you know, starting to get closer and closer and closer together. And I was afraid. And we couldn't hike out the four miles, you know, in the middle of the night. We, we, the storm would have blown over by the time we got there anyway. It just would have made it worse. So I just had to sit there in that hammock and swing and just pray that we, you know, the lightning didn't strike one of those two trees, you know. And it reminded me how big and incredible my God is. That he drives the wind and the rain and has power. And how insignificant and, and small I am and how my life is about connecting to him and I desperately need him. Y'all, we need those reminders. We, we don't just kind of need them. It's not a give or take. You, you need it. And so the challenge as we, as we end this, this series is to not let this just be something that we talked about, but to take those principles, those guiding principles, and take the realities of your life, those that I listed, and maybe some more that you have, 
and to try to reconcile those two things and figure out how you are going to live in a rhythm of rest where you're connecting and remembering who your God is and knowing him in in a deep way. Not some rules and regs that we all follow, but for you in your life, in your world, what does it look like? So let me pray that we would we'd find that. Father, I'm, I am very aware that I have uh, neglected this most of, of my Christian life. And uh, I've let the, my culture and, uh, and uh, my uh, personality and makeup uh, drive me to a place where I, I somehow think that, that you'll be more happy with me and if I, if I accomplish a lot of things for you and have based significance on what I do and you are so clear that there's, there's something much deeper than that, that you're more concerned with who I am and you, you want me to know you deeply and then you can actually use me and do things through me because I'm connected to you and your power source and I'm not just a hurried mess chasing my tail. And Father, I want that to be true. I want that to be true for me, and I want that to be true for my friends here. So would you do that? Would you remind us of this, that we wouldn't just walk out of here and, and uh, that be something that we heard but we forget about, but that maybe this week we'd be able to take a second and stop and do the work of letting you speak into our lives. What does Shabbat look like for me? So we can honor it, and we can worship you, Father, and give you the glory that you deserve. Amen.